as a people must make sure that we don't fall back in to the same mentality that the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees had back in Jesus' day. Where we think that we are righteous because we are good. Because we're on God's team. That is the same delusion that the most religious people on the face of the planet were walking in. And Jesus says, unless your righteousness exceed that of the Pharisees, you should not enter into the kingdom of God. So what's that mean? Do we, does that mean that we got to try harder? No, God, Jesus was saying, you can't do it. You can't do it on your own. And today, we're, <laughs> we're going to teach on something that is going to make your mind go tilt. But it's going to make your spirit scream for excitement. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you are an awesome Father. That everything that pertains to life and godliness, everything that pertains to, to joy, everything that pertains to the victorious life, everything, life itself is in you. And you have invited us to come in and partake. Heavenly Father, right now, this morning, we, we ask that you would awaken our minds to the reality of Christ in us, the hope of glory. That you would awaken us to the truth that sets the captives free. That you would awaken us to our holiness in you. We thank you and receive this now in Jesus' name. Amen. See, Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't preach that message to sinners. He preached it to religious people. Because it's interesting. When, when someone shows up like Jesus that has a relationship with the Father and walks in the Spirit, walks in the fruit of the Spirit, walks in, in the way that we are called to live, sinners come running. But religious people stay back. Religious people cast stones. Religious people try to hinder what God is trying to do. What's the very first thought you think when you hear the word holy? Is holiness something that we must do, a work, or is holiness also part of God's grace, the finished work of Christ? Is holy, you being holy, is that something you have to do? Or is that something that God does to you? First of all, living holy should never, ever be defined as living sinless. See, right now, already you're saying, Chad, what are you talking about? Living holy should never be defined as living 
sinless. Don't worry. I, I, I threw this out there just to make you perk up, so hopefully you don't fall asleep through this. Religion has programmed our minds to think this way. Not sinning plus you equals holiness. But sinning plus you equals unholiness. Right? That, that's pretty much it, right? If sinning, if not sinning makes you holy, then your holiness is totally dependent upon yourself. There is a religious spirit in the church that is trying to put pressure on God's children to be more holy by means of not sinning. If you go to most churches, that's what they're going to be preaching. And it's so subtle because not sinning sounds so virtuous. Now, don't get me wrong. I got, it's a shame that i got to put this out there, but... Sinning's stupid. Sinning, the, the punishment for sin is sin itself. God doesn't have to punish anybody for sinning. Sin it's, itself is the punishment. It leads to death. All sin leads to death. So in case you don't, I'm not clear, sinning's dumb, don't be dumb, okay? But it, it just sounds so, it sounds so, Virtuous to say that we need to be holy, we need to sin less. It sounds so good, but it's a demonic deception. It's the exact same deception that Adam and Eve fell into at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It sounded so good. You can be more like God if you do something. And that is the sin of self-righteousness. That's the sin of pride. This religious lie needs to be destroyed. This religious lie of if you sin, then you are unholy, and if you don't sin, then you are holy. Sin has nothing to do with holiness at all. If you don't sin, then you are holy. Then when you do sin, then you are unholy. That's the Ten Commandments. And if you were here, when was it, last week? We've seen that Christ is the end of the law. So that's just the Ten Commandments. You're living in the Old Testament. You're living in an old covenant. You're doing, living with something that's passed away. It's faded away. It's gone. Basically, do good you are good, do bad, you are bad. It sounds like every other religion in the world. Christianity is no different, it sounds like. If the first thing you think of when you hear be holy is stop sinning, then that means your, your mind has been programmed by the law to define what holiness is. You didn't get, did you get that? If the first thing that you think of when someone says, you need to be holy, is to stop sinning, then that just shows you that your mind has been programmed by the law, the definition of what holy is. This way of thinking means you 
are the source of your holiness. What in the world are you doing? <laughs> Anyways, I tell you, when I get distracted, I, get, I call you out. So here's the, here's the news. There is only one person that is the cause of humanity's holiness, and his name is Jesus. Jesus is the cause for us to be holy. In, if you are in him, guess what? You're holy. You don't have to try to be holy. You don't have to get holy. You are holy. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 8. Look at this. First he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you, you pleased with them. Okay. You're thinking, yeah, Chad, I don't burn offerings. I don't sacrifice animals unto God for sin sacrifices anymore. This has nothing to do with me. But you sacrifice a lot of things. Religious people sacrifice a lot of things. They don't go to certain places. They don't watch certain things. And some things you shouldn't. But I'm just saying, they do it in a means trying to be holy, trying to be righteous. They don't wear certain, certain clothing. They don't smoke, drink, or chew, or go with girls that do. <laughs> they, they, they have all these rules that have nothing to do with God, and they have nothing to do with being holy. They are constantly saying, God, look how good I am. Look at my sacrifice unto you. And it says that God wasn't even pleased with the sacrifices. It's not even what he desired. He didn't even desire this. He desired something so much better. Though they were offered in accordance to, with the law. See, the law will make you sacrifice. The gospel says that God sacrificed. That's the difference between us and all other religions. All other religions serve a God that demands you sacrifice. We serve a God that sacrificed for us. That's amazing. Then he said, here I am. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once until you sin next. Once until you miss church. Once until until." You get in a fight with your wife once until you look at what you're not supposed to on the internet. Once until you stop tithing. Once Jesus made us holy until when? Once for all. I bet you didn't even know that was in your Bible. Why wouldn't we be preaching this constantly? Because when we preach sin, guess what people do? They sin. When you tell people they're a sinner, they sin. If we awaken to we are holy, guess what you're going to do? People live exactly the way that they believe. You have been made holy once for all eternity. 
sacrifices, even the sacrifices. See, <laughs> religion says these sacrifices in the Old Testament. You probably never thought, thought about this. You ever think about the sacrifices because they were clean, there were holy sacrifices, there were, and there was unholy. Does that mean that God just doesn't like pigs? Was that what it was? God, God can't stand, couldn't stand pigs. What, what did pigs ever do to God to make him, that they're common, that they're unholy? And what religion does, it, it points out all these things in the law and say, we should abstain from them because there's something wrong with them. That has nothing to do with what God was trying to proclaim through the sacrifices. He was showing that there is a, a division. There are those that are in and those that are out. There's holy things that have been separated, and there's unholy things that have not been separated unto God. And he's proclaiming to humanity, are you holy, separated unto him, or are you unholy, unseparated from him? That's what that's saying. So let's have a hog roast. Let's eat some bacon. Let's enjoy ourselves. It has nothing to do. God had the had the, the vision to Peter coming down with all these un, unclean animals, and he said, eat, Peter, eat. And what he was showing Peter is through Jesus Christ, there is now no uncommon thing. There is no unholy thing. We have been made holy once for all. God was always holy. Did you know that? God was always holy. God was holy before sin ever existed. Why? Because God is holy. Just like God is love, God is holy. Holiness is who he is. He stands out of time and space. He is completely separate from everything. He is holy. And when we define sin as the absence of holiness, it limits, it detracts from the awesomeness of the holiness of God. Because God was holy before sin ever existed. What is holiness? Holiness is who God is. God is holy. And if you are in him, you are holy. Romans 5, 19. For as through the one man's disobedience, who is that one man? Adam. The many were made sinners. Even so, through the obedience of one, who's that one? Jesus. The many will be made righteous. We were born into the sin of the first Adam. And because of that, we were made sinners. It was the sin of Adam and our state of sin that separated us from God. Do you understand that? It was not our sin that was unholy, but the separation from God that was unholy. Did you, you understand that? 
We were born in an unholy state. Why? Because we were born in Adam. We were separated from God, and God said that is unholy. Jesus came and offered the once-for-all sacrifice that permanently removes sin and makes us blameless before God. He has made us righteous and blameless and gives us the ability to come to God. And it is our coming into God that makes us holy. So where it says, it says on here, even though through the obedience of the one, many will be made righteous. This isn't the right scripture. All right, I screwed up. Never mind. I'm getting ahead of myself. Ephesians chapter 4. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, he chose humanity to be in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. Blamelessness is the removing of sin. You are blameless. Christ has removed, permanently removed every sin, past, present, and future sin that you will ever commit. You are blameless before God. Holiness is us coming into him, that we would be holy. We are coming in. He chose us to be in him. That is our holiness. He separated us unto himself, who is holy. The state of separation from God is a state of unholiness. What makes you unholy? Your separation from God. A state of being joined to God is a state of holiness. Are you joined to God this morning? Holiness is not about what you do, but where you are. Holiness is about, not about what you do. It's about where you are. It's a place. The holy of holies, right? It's a place that was separate from everything else. See, it, that's what it's showing you. It's showing you that there is a separation bef before fallen man and God. And what happened in that place of the Holy Holies? People couldn't even go in there. They couldn't go in there but once a year. And they had to have an atoning sacrifice. And they had to go through a bunch of rituals. And if they did anything wrong, they had a rope tied around their, their, their ankle. Because they'd be knocked down dead and be drugged out. It's showing that there was a separation. And you know what it says? I know this is Christmas, not Easter. But you know what it said? That when Christ was crucified, that that curtain, that wall, it was like four inch thick, I think, I believe, wall of separation between the outer court and the most holy place was ripped from the top down, signifying that we can now come in to his holiness. That's amazing. Holiness is not about what you do, but where you are. And where you are will affect what you do. The question is, where are you? Where are you? I mean, does that question sound familiar at all? In Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, the Lord, it says, Then the Lord God called the man and said to him, Where are you? It's not that God didn't know where he was. God wanted him, Adam, to be aware of where he was. Where are you? 
It was not Adam's sin that was unholy. But the separation from God caused by sin that was unholy. Unholiness is not sin. Unholiness is, is humanity's separation from God. He was no longer one with God. He now was standing on his own, comparing himself with God. And that caused him to hide. It caused shame, guilt, and condemnation. He now was going to choose what was good and what was evil. He now was going to try to be like God. He now was going to start the first religion in the world, trying to obtain God's holiness, trying to obtain God's righteousness through the works of our own hands. And God says, that's an unholy thing. You have separated yourself from me. This feeling of separation has driven all of humanity in two different directions. One direction is trying to be good enough to be righteous and holy, called religion. The other one is to flee from God and succumb to a life in an unholy state. Most people don't want anything to do with God because of those that are trying to be holy. Most people have been damaged by Christ's church and hate God because of the church. And God had nothing to do with it at all. They were getting preached a false gospel. I, I, I think it's funny. I think it's funny how the church is so schizophrenic. You know, they have the altar calls and people come forward. I'm not, I don't know. I believe that you need to make a commitment, but I kind of agree with John Wesley because they got mad because he didn't do altar calls. And they said, well, how do you know if they got saved or not? And he says, well, if they're, if they're still coming to church in a year, you know they were saved. But anyways, and going to church has nothing to do with being saved either, even though it's beneficial. I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't beneficial. I'd be a lost I, 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 there's a good chance I wouldn't be alive today if it wasn't for the church. But anyways, enough about me. What was I saying? Oh, this church is schizophrenic. We, we tell people that God loves you just as you are. He loves you. He accepts you. He'll, he, he, he wants to bless you. He wants you to have a great life. Come and accept Jesus. And two months in the road, you need, to start, you need to pray more. You need to read your Bible more. You need to do this. Are you tithing? No wonder your, your finances are, are, are cursed. You need to do this, this, and this, and this. Are all those things beneficial to you? Yes, they're beneficial. But I thought God accepted me just the way I was. I thought, I thought he loved me despite my actions. And then all of a sudden, now you're flipping 180 and telling me that I got to do, 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 and do? Yeah, they do. That's what they tell you, and it's a bunch of doo-doo. It, it, it's garbage. God does not want servants. He wants lovers, and a lover will always outwork a servant. You find a man, you find a woman that loves their husband, that loves their family, 
they will sacrifice themselves for that family. You find a Christian that, that has been so touched by the love of God, they'll stand in a coliseum and be burnt at a stake. They'll give their life. A lover will always outwork a servant. And God wants lovers. It was not Adam's sin that was unholy, but the separation from God that ca caused by sin that was unholy. He was no longer one with God. And I lost my place. So you had these two, you had these two choices. You either now had to work to try to be holy, to be righteous, or you said to H with it, hell with it, I'm going to go and live unholy. But God had another plan. God had another plan. God had another plan from the foundation of the world, and that was to bring his children home through Jesus Christ. If you are ever going to understand what holiness is, you will need to understand where you are. So where are you? So where are you? Let's look. Ephesians chapter 6 says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Where are you today? You're seated with Christ in heavenly realms. That's where you are. You are in with Christ in heavenly realms. That's your position. But wait, there's more. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, praise to be to God, the Father of, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, past tense, blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Not only are you seated in heavenly realms with Christ, but God has slathered you up with all of the blessings that he has to offer. There is not one thing in heaven that God has not given to you. Not only are we seated with Christ, but we are blessed with everything that heaven has to offer. Look at what Colossians tells us. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, For in him all the fullness, speaking of Jesus, in Christ all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in him you have been made complete. What's, what does it mean to be made complete? If it's complete, there's nothing needed to be added to it, correct? You are perfect. And he is the head of, uh, over all rule and authority. Okay, let's, let's look at this. Because we know that, that Greek words have a lot of meaning. There's a lot of meaning in this scripture. And if, and if we look this, at this in the amplified version, look what it says. In the Amplified Version, it says, For in him the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. So in Jesus, if you want to know what God looks like, if you want to know what the Holy Spirit looks like, if you want to know what the Godhead looks like, look at Jesus. Jesus is the God that we worship. If your God does not look like Jesus, you are, I've said this so many times, 
you're worshiping a false god. And so many Christians' God does not look like Jesus. It looks like an old man with a lightning bolt in his hand ready to whack you on the head anytime you do something wrong. And I didn't find once that Jesus whacked anyone on the head. And you, listen to this, this is, you should be getting happy here. And you are in him made full and having come to fullness of life in Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and reached full spiritual stature. And he is the head of all rule and authority of every angelic principality and power. Jesus is Lord. And if we are in him, we are filled with the fullness of God. In your spirits, you have been recreated. You have been married. You have been joined. You have been baptized into the spirit of God. You are seated with him in heavenly places. You have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. You have the fullness of God dwelling within you. This is good news. You need to believe it. So many people just read over this stuff. They, they read over it or they simply don't believe it. I'm talking about Christians. They're, they're, the, they're the worst. You know, I'd rather have, I'd rather have a, a pagan or a, someone that believes in witchcraft read them this stuff. They're going to believe it. But, but self-made people, people that are depending on their own righteousness, depending on their outward works of good behavior. That can't be true because I know how good I am, and that doesn't represent, I'm not even close to that. Exactly. It's not about what you do. It's about who you are. You judge yourself based on what you do. God judges you on what Christ has done. And if you would stop judging yourself on what you do and judging yourself on what Christ has done, you're going to see yourself doing a lot of different stuff, a lot of awesome stuff, a lot of exciting stuff. You need to believe it. You need to know where you are at. Where you're at. Your spirit has been joined to the very spirit of God. You have been separated unto God, no longer separate from God. That's awesome. You have the fullness of Christ. That means you are 100% righteous. You have Christ's 100% perfection. 100% obedience dwells in you. Love, faith, authority, health, wisdom, riches, victory, passion. Everything that is in Christ Jesus is in you. And right now your head's thinking, how, that, how can it, just say, I don't understand, but I believe. That is me. I am in Christ Jesus. Your spirit. And this goes back to what we talked about, how in grace we walk in the newness of the mind, which is the, the newness of the spirit. We walk in the spirit. We walk in these realities, not our earthly con condition. We walk in our heavenly position.
What's holy living? Because now that we've found that we are holy, what, what does it mean to live holy? Holy living is not about living without sin. We make the whole thing, religion makes it the whole thing about not sinning. Not sinning, that's, that's, that's just a work of the flesh. That, that, that is something that happens as a byproduct of not being holy. Holy living is about living from your eternal heavenly position in Christ Jesus. That's true holy living. Is living from Christ within you. That's what it means to be holy, to live holy. Not the religious deception of performance-based righteousness. The Greek word for holiness is the same for sanctification. And it means two things. It means this means separate separation or separated or separate. And two, it means and the life that flows out of someone who has been separated. So you have been separated into God, you've been made holy, you are now holy, and the life of God now lives in you. So if you believe that the life of God now lives in you, and this is the position that you're living for, what happens from you is holiness, is the very life of God living through you. So to be holy is to be separated from your old life in Adam and to be brought into your heavenly position in Christ. You understand that? At one time, we were an unholy sacrifice, right? Now God has made us all holy in Christ Jesus. This does not happen automatically. We, the just shall live by what? Faith. You got to believe it. If you don't believe it, guess what? You're not going to do it. This does not happen automatically. You have to hear the good news, accept it, and have faith in the finished work of Christ. You can be in Christ and still live in an earthly position. Do you know that? You can be going to heaven one day. You're saved, but you're not experiencing the fullness of God in your earth, earthly uh, condition because you're living from an earthly position, not from your heavenly position. And I know that a lot of you are thinking, might be lost right now. Just trust that the Holy Spirit is teaching you. And stick around here. We're, we're going to continue to teach more and more along these lines. We are called to live in our current earthly condition from our eternal heavenly position. Sin is not unholiness. It is a byproduct of unholiness. Sin is a byproduct of humanity living separate from God. If you were to live 100% from your heavenly position, you would never sin in your current earthly condition. That's who Jesus was. Jesus lived 100% in who he was, the son of the living God, he lived from that position, 
and he never sinned. And I'm going to tell you, we have that same ability. And one day we will. One day we'll be transformed. We will see him like he is. We will be known as he has always known us. We will be transformed in the twinkling of an eye. Be holy. Yes, God wants you to be holy, but not by the definition of religion, which is not sinning. God's priority is not to get you to sin less. God's priority is not to get humanity to sin less. That sounds crazy talk, don't it? God's priority is that humanity would live from a new created state. Trying not to sin less is just a bunch of works. God doesn't want you to try. He wants you to be. Be holy as I am holy, the Lord says. He never intended you to be holy through your own efforts. How do you be holy? You be in Christ. And guess what? When you be in Christ, you be holy, and you live from that holy position, and Christ's life flows through you. When we define holiness as living without sin, people automatically think that if they stop, if they stop sinning, they are holy. That puts the focus on themselves, on the flesh, on human efforts. But when they see that holiness is living from a place where you are seated with Christ Jesus, it gets their eyes off themselves and onto Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. They will sin less as a byproduct and even better even better than sinning less, they will see heaven invade earth through them. That's what God desires. God did not leave us on earth to see how much sin we could overcome. That's what a lot of people think. That I'm down here trying to live the victorious life. I'm going to overcome her. I'm going to, I'm going to overcome sin. I'm going to show God how good I am. I'm going to pull myself up by the bootstraps, whatever those are. I'm going to pull those up, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to show you, God. Are you kidding me? Do you really want to stand on your own righteousness? God didn't leave us on earth. See, our, our, our mind, no wonder we're not setting the world on fire with his glory. God did not leave us on earth so that we could fight over sin, try fight against sin and try not to sin more. That's stupid. Because most of you are losing. He left us on earth to see how much heaven he could bring to earth through us, his church, the body of Christ. Our destiny from the beginning of time. See, this is why these are called series. 
If you weren't here for the last ones, you need to be here. From the beginning of time, our destiny was to be in him, in Christ, to be seated with Christ in heavenly realms. Our assignment is to live from that position and let God invade our spheres of influence with heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Up until that point, up until Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, heaven couldn't get into earth. But now heaven has opened portals in all of us. Heaven can invade earth everywhere we go. See, all of heaven is focused on Jesus. If you read the, the, um, the book of Revelation, the revelation of Christ Jesus, when you read it, if you notice, all of heaven is focused on Jesus. They're praising Jesus. They're worshiping Jesus. They're adoring Jesus. Everything is focused on Jesus. So what did God do? He put Christ in you and you in Christ, right? So we are pulling heaven. If Christ is in us, we're pulling heaven to earth. Our destiny from beginning of time is to be seated with Christ in heavenly, heavenly realms. We live from heaven to earth. Our spirits are connected to God, and we live from heaven to earth. We are carriers of his divine nature, according to 2 Peter 1.4. I, I, I wasn't going to put the scripture reference in there, but when I say we are carriers of his, his divine nature, that might make people think I'm crazy. Go look it up. It says exactly that. We are carriers of the divine nature of God. Religion magnifies your earthly condition. You're a sinner. You've fallen short. You're guilty. You're disgusting, powerless, poor, sick, no good, unworthy, incomplete, displeasing, not worthy of God's blessing. And you're, all, you're open to the, to the works of the devil. The devil can come and do rough shot in your life whenever he wants. That's what religion tells us. Religion magnifies the earthly condition. Grace. Grace magnifies your heavenly position. You're a son. You're a daughter of God. 100% the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 100% not your righteousness, but 100% God's righteousness. You can't get any more right than that. Do you believe it? Do you, do you see why now it tells us that we have to have faith? Because it takes faith to believe this stuff. God, give us faith. You are a child of the king. You are 100% righteous. You are perfect, complete, blessed with every blessing. Right? Did we read that? You are holy. You are pleasing. You are accepted. You are beloved. You are more than conquerors. Unable to ever, ever, ever be separated from the love of God. That's who you are. And that's, that's not even all of it. We're going to spend all eternity it's going to be like Christmas all for all eternity. We're going to 
Oh, I'm, I'm that in Christ. Christ did that for me. Oh, God's doing this in my, God did this in my life through the new creation. We're going to find out who we are. We're going to enjoy our salvation for all eternity. You, God, Jesus is eternal, and we're going to spend all our life, all of our, whatever, eternal, eons and eons of, of living, finding out who we are in Christ Jesus, experiencing that. Because God is, he's just eternal. The, the, the angels are flying around his throne going, holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, Right? I used to think, well, God just created them and winded them up so they'd go around singing praises to him all the time. That's not it at all. These angels have the special right to be in the presence of God 24 hours a day, and as they fly around him, they get another glimpse of who he is. And every time they get a glimpse of who they is, who he is, they just cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And that's what we're going to get to do. We're going to get to get these glimpses of God, and it's just going to radically blow our minds throughout all eternity that he is holy. He is, the, the, his riches are just unfathomable. He's eternal. It's going it's to be amazing. But you are holy. You are righteous. You are blessed. You are a child of God. And when you think this way, that's holy thinking. When you think this way, you're thinking holy. And when you think that way, you live that way. And when you live that way, that's a holy life. That's a holy life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Hallelujah. Oh, I love you, Lord. Father, we just thank you. We thank you. We thank you that you put up with our ignorance, that you put up with how blind we are to your great love, how blind we are to who we are in Christ, how awesome. The work of Christ on that cross was and how you have brought us back into our genesis with you. That we are not separated, but we are one with God. We are righteous, Lord. We are holy. We are complete. We are perfect. We are in union with you. Heavenly Father, we just... We don't have words to say. It's glorious. It's help us to believe it. You said that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the words of Christ. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. And we heard today who we are in Christ Jesus. We heard today the gospel that sets the captives free. We heard today the liberation of God's people, the liberation of humanity through Christ Jesus. 
produce faith in our life, we ask. We love you, Lord. We praise you, and we celebrate you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church.